0: Hello, everyone. My name is Joanne Lockwood, and I'm your host for the Inclusion Bites podcast. In this series, I have interviewed a number of amazing people and simply had a conversation about the subject of inclusion, belonging, and generally making the world a better place for everyone to thrive. If you'd like to join me in the future, then please do drop me a line to joe.lockwood at That's S double E. ChangeHappen.co.uk. You can catch up with all the previous shows on iTunes, Spotify, and the usual places. So plug in your headphones, grab a decaf, and let's get going. Today is episode ninety-seven with the title "Turning Setbacks into Comebacks," and I have the absolute honour and privilege to welcome Elsa Caleb. Elsa is a business strategist who assist women to develop a robust business plan for the future. And when I asked Elsa to describe her superpower, she said she can get individuals to think differently about their circumstances, especially in the world of business. And she was recently labelled, everyone needs an Elsa. Hello, Elsa. Welcome to the show.
1: Oh, hello, Joanne. Thanks very much for, you know, for the invitation. I'm really pleased to be here. (laughs)
0: <laughs> i'm really pleased we've been talking about this for several months and i'm finally pleased we got here at the uh at the tail end of 2023 just before the new year so absolutely fantastic so elsa yeah. <laughs> turning setbacks into comebacks tell me about that
1: yeah it's interesting and also the timing of today's show because we all remember brexit yeah we also also remember covid and now we're currently going through the cost of living crisis. And, you know, the change of the year was roughly when Brexit kicked in because we came out of Europe. COVID kicked in in the March. So the timing now is, I think, is just right for people to begin to start thinking about what they want to do going forward. OK, let's take some of the setbacks. For example, most of the clients that I meet at the moment, as soon as you know they meet with me, they always say before COVID. And I'm thinking, if I hear that again, not that I'll scream, I mean, I'll do something, you know, I don't know, differently. But once they, they start with that sentence, I now think, okay, there's been some setbacks, there's something that's held them back. They're not as progressive as they were prior to, say, COVID or even Brexit. It's the changes that have happened worldwide that have really made an impact on a lot of individuals' lives, as we all know. And some people just cannot seem to shake it off. Yeah, so let's take COVID for example. A lot of women, for example, had to, in in some cases, give up their their livelihood, to, even if it means being at home to school children, um, to do the schooling for the children. And in some cases, some of them were not equipped. And also, with children, you know, you need space. You need to be out and about. You need to have energy to be able to deal with them. Whereas overnight. People's lives changed. Yep, the way that they had to do things changed, and it wasn't that they had a choice. It was actually, you know, they were they actually just had to make the changes there and then. And in some cases, they adapted because they had to. But a bit of them, I felt, in some cases, have been left behind. So now that the doors have been opened up and we're actually moving forward, and some people are now saying, "Oh, I can't go back to the job that I used to do. I now want to do something more creative." You know, I'm I'm speaking to individuals who are saying, look, look, all I know is, is, is to cook or all I know is to clean. And I'm saying, well, you know something, let's work with that. And when you look at all the skills and experiences that people acquire over the years, and it, it's things like being organised, it's things like making cups of tea, having routines, planning, etc. These are some of the, you know, important areas that we need in business. So once we've had a long conversation, I can see. I can start telling them what they can do with what they have. They begin to turn, you know, turn their ideas around. They begin to change their mindset, and they begin to have that, you know, tiny, shining, you know, light in front of them. In other words, they begin to hope that there's definitely going to be a positive future. So that's where I always start. But yes, of, of late, it's either before Brexit. Before COVID and now, as I say, we're going through the crisis. So, yeah, I always feel that if I get them at that stage and work together, put some kind of plan together, they're able to move forward in a positive way.
0: That's really interesting. Yeah, I never thought about it this because COVID is a global bookmark, mm. isn't it? It's a, it's an event that everybody has been aware of, from the tip of Africa to the top tip of alaska if you like it's it's affected the entire world so i suppose it's not surprising that we use it at that as a as a before and after event but you're right it 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 created life-changing moments or situations for many people as you say women largely were suffered greater inequity because of their responsibility for home management for one of them home admin children education or fitting into the pictures this is a, a derogatory term the wife mode if you like looking after everybody often seen as the 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 lower paid out of the, the couple maybe yeah. so they ended up taking the uh, the kitchen table as opposed to the the office table or something right. having, having the lesser facilities
1: <laughs> yeah definitely. putting their
0: career on hold
1: mm. definitely they had to be more creative like you said just changing that, that you know the kitchen table into an office table some of them you know in in some of the works that they, and the jobs that they did didn't bring work home do you know, I mean so suddenly to have to manage all of that in one space do you know I mean it's bound to affect you in some way and especially when you reach out to people and sometimes just to have just to go out of the home to have a coffee with a friend really changes a lot of things but to not have that opportunity and then to be, so all of a sudden become very technical because you had to get online. A lot of people had to actually develop a lot of skills very quickly.
0: Do you think women also, I, I hate to generalise and stereotype here, but statistically, women were often in lower paid roles in the hospitality or entertainment business, in hourly paid roles, which were some of the, the most affected at that time. And therefore, they lost income, lost purpose, if you like, as well.
1: They did. And, and, and if, you, if you really think about it, Joanne, you know, you've built your career all your life. You know, in other words, you've sat down and you've mapped it out. You've got it planned. You want to know you want to then go for that next promotion. Then all of a sudden, bam, it's shut. What do you do then? Where do you go? how do you then take yourself out of that situation to say you know something i've still got to continue i've still got to provide i've still got to think of myself but at the same time i've still got to be there for my children and my family just mm-hmm. you know i mean so i can see how some of them you know it has really affected them even down to their confidence i spend more time now helping women to build their confidence and believing in themselves and people think, oh, it's about the, you know, the skills and everything. Yes, it is. That's important. But if the person isn't focused and thinking in an entrepreneurial way, well, which way are you going to go? It's going to end up being a hobby as opposed to a business. So there's, a, you know, a lot of changing of the mindset and actual attitude to a lot of things that actually have to come into play and in a short space of time.
0: So moving off from COVID, because you, know, you, you said right at the beginning, you don't want to anchor everything as before COVID and after COVID. So let's think yeah. about this broadly, more broadly. You talk about transferable skills, you talk about returning midpoint in your life, career, pivots, post-family, if you like, or post-care responsibilities, or just waking up one day and going, why did I pick this subject when I left school? I really don't enjoy this. It's, be honest, press the stop button and say actually I don't want to be a lawyer anymore I want to be a personal trainer and I use that example because my personal trainer mm-hmm. qualified she's LLB she went to the practice as a as a solicitor
1: mm-hmm. and
0: she went I don't want to be doing this every day I want to be a personal trainer and she gave all that up but that takes a huge amount of bravery or confidence or resilience to just chuck it all in
1: it does it does but it's also knowing and I know in the back of the mind, although she's- gone forward to become a personal trainer she's also got that safety net to pull back on does i mean should it not have yeah. work and not, not only that with those skills of being a lawyer oh my goodness you can work in businesses just you know doing the, the the legal side of things you don't have to go back into a practice the way that you do but the fact that she woke up one morning and had that dream and that burning desire that is where i usually start with individuals because i'll say to them you know what's your dream what is your passion what is it that you really want to do because if you if you've just checked, you know, we've suddenly had the doors shut in one area. Why not take this opportunity to say, you know, something? I'll start again, and you can start again, but you're never starting at zero because of all those years. And as I said, the experience and skills that you've acquired, you know, you can use them. But people feel they have to start at zero, and I'm thinking, no, no, we can use X from from what you did before. We can use Y from you know another area that you've worked in, and put it all together along with your personality and your passion, it can open up doors.
0: You mentioned uh, the cost of living crisis as well. And we, where we are now with morbid rates, with cost of living, we, we're we in a situation where most households need two incomes yeah. in order to survive, not saying, not saying thrive, survive. Budgets are really tight. It, it must be a, a tough act to risk one person's income if you like to start again
1: it is but then it's going back as i said if you you come to the if you come to a point in your life where you haven't got a job to go to then as i said it's looking at some of the soft skills like for example painting and decorating making cakes doing things that people want and need yeah so you've got to find that gap you've got to find where the the the, uh, the demand is and once you've identified that things can be very, I won't say very easy, but a lot easier. For example, take a painting and decorating. I'm not a painter or a decorator in no way, shape or form. But if somebody knocked on my door, because I know that I need walls painting and stuff, I'll say to them, yeah, you know, let's have a conversation. Or if somebody's referred to me, most probably. <laughs> That's a better way for me to go. And they sat down with me and they said, well, actually, you want your walls painting. Tell me the colour. I'll show you, get you some examples, et cetera, et cetera. They go away, do all the research, bring the colours in, sit down with me. I start matching it up at the wall and I say, okay, that's what I want. They can ask me for a deposit there and then. That deposit can buy all the materials. They go buy the materials. They come paint my wall. I paid in the balance. To me, that's a win-win. So you don't have to keep running to the bank to get money. You start with what you have, but then you also enter in in a contractual agreement. That's realistic people do expect to pay a deposit for what they do and then pay the balance at the end so why not start small and then build it up gradually
0: it's interesting you use that example of a painter decorator a good friend of mine who i met seven maybe eight or nine years ago she was a professional speaker she used to work in money management and we're really good friends and then one day i noticed on linkedin she changed her profile changed everything else She left her husband, got divorced, set up in her own house. She'd retrained as a painter and decorator. And now she specializes in being a female painter and decorator in her 50s who targets specifically women who want another woman to come and do the painter decorator. That trust element about coming into someone's house. Mm -hmm. And we think about the number of women who live on their own who've... Mm -hmm. At the age of forty or fifty, they've they've left their husband. They, they've had enough of that. They, they maybe they, maybe they're widowed early,
1: yeah,
0: or maybe they've never got married and they're, they're now they want somebody who they can trust in their home. Correct. Another and she's ideal place for that.
1: Yeah, definitely. I've got a client that I'm working on. Well, she does painting, decorating. She's a carpenter as well, and an electrician. So. I think it's exciting that the, there are women coming up with those skills because, as you said, from the safety element and also the confidence, having somebody in your home, and you know they're going to tell you the truth. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? They're not going to just say, um, "Oh, you have this," knowing that it's more expensive than something else. Yeah, you know what I mean? Well, so I felt. Yeah.
0: I felt comp- I've never used her services as a patient decorator. Mm-hmm. But I felt no problem at all recommending her to my mum and my mum. Okay. Had her in to redecorate her bedroom, and there was no crimes at all. It was a kind of meet Anne. Anne is fabulous. I've yeah. known her for years. Mm-hmm. She will do a superb job, and she right. did. And my mum is so so happy with it. And she's yeah. like, my mum paid her a deposit. There's no there's no risk about someone doing a run over the money or or asking for more money later, like you sometimes get.
1: Yeah, and exactly. It was a, yeah, it's, yeah. Well, I, I like I like those kind of um, business ideas because how can I say women understand women, but you know, that's just, you know, how we are. We understand that sometimes things can be tight. We understand that things can be difficult and we will make allowances for that. Do you know what I mean? And not only that, even when the person's working, you know we're going to sit down and have a conversation. Do you know what I mean? It's not just about the job and off you go. It's about building that relationship as well. So that's what I like doing what I do because at the end of the day, I have all these friends I never had before.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, you're so right. My mum, she knows more about Anne than I do now. <laughs> she's, she's in her house for two weeks. I mean, I know Anne really well. Yeah. But she's had conversations yeah. and, and she can't wait to get Anne back to uh, paint her other bedroom and the <laughs> hallway and the lounge at some point. So yeah. it, it no. becomes a, a friend. Yeah, it's more than just more than just a tradesperson. It's Definitely. now a trusted. Yeah,
1: yeah. it's trusted. But one of the areas that people can actually forget is that they're running a business. So you may get somebody who's going to try and push you to say well actually can you do it a bit cheaper yeah you can but it's whether or not you've done the maths and you've got to understand finance yeah. be able to know well how much leeway you've got to be able to make a discount in what you're doing because you could quite easily forget and, and lose that focus that it's a business and not that you're helping somebody out or you're doing them a favor does that you know I mean so yeah, it's you're so right maintain yeah yeah the-
0: there's a big difference when you've worked for somebody else. Mm-hmm for for many many years or you've never had to be responsible for your own sales marketing profit and loss yeah. advertising everything else people feed you work you get paid you yeah come home you come in and it's a, it's a completely different mindset being a solopreneur or a small business generating revenue which is it needs to be profit which means to it's pay certain... your bills doesn't
1: it yeah and i think Again, that's where I come in, if you know what I mean, because at the end of the day, my job is to ensure that I equip them with the business side, that they understand it. So I put together an eight-week business startup course and also an eight-week business course to enable women to understand the basics of business. And even if you're running a business for a few years and you've got to make that change, sometimes it's knowing how to make that change, but staying within the law, making sure that you don't, you know, drop you know, anything that's important, but that you're still building at the same time. So me either working alongside you as a one, you know, on a one-to-one basis or one-to-many in a course, I always feel that it's important that you at least go through it. So you understand even some of the changes that have happened in legislation, because at the end of the day, once I've left you, and even if you start up in like a limited company, don't forget, you've got to, you got to make sure that you're up to date with your confirmation statement, that you pay your taxes. Do you know what I mean? The HMRC is your friend. You're paying your corporation tax as well. So we can't neglect any of that just because you enjoy doing what you do. Yeah. Does you know i mean so
0: You yeah. You've got your public liability, you've got your professional indemnity, mm-hmm. you've got your health and safety requirements. If you're climbing ladders, working at height, safety is if you're in someone else's property, you've got to be careful there of trip hazards and all those various things.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. It's, it's your business compliance and also your financial compliance, your tax, yeah. everything
1: else, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And it's also knowing the difference that once that money comes in, it's business money. It's, you know, it's for the business. You can, you know, take out that proportion to live on, but you've got to make sure that you do a, a robust cash flow. Because yeah. when you think money's yeah. not going to come in and it does come in, that's great. But when money doesn't come in, when you think it's going to come in, you've got to make, you know, you've got to have a contingency plan in place.
0: Yeah. And, d- and just, I mean I've met a number of people who are probably not confident on on the process of taking credit cards and it it sounds complicated but with a bit of basic knowledge of setting up a Stripe account or even most banks offer merchant accounts these days knowing that you're going to have a a credit card transaction fee that you've got to build into your profit margins as well and those considerations and you don't always get paid out the same day sometimes Absolutely. it's a two-week lead time and things like this. So yeah it's all those little sort of things you don't know about That's until it. you get into it and start start running the business, isn't it?
1: Yeah. And also it can be a bit overwhelming to suddenly say, oh my goodness, I've got to pay extra on this. Why, why, why? But if so if you're with in a group of you know a group of women, we're gonna discuss it. somebody would have hopefully have gone through that experience. If not, yeah. I would be able to tell them. And then actually Makes people a lot more relaxed to know, you know, something it's doable. I can do this, but it's all about the planning. You've got to be able to to plan. Do you know what I mean, not everybody's an administrator, and I get that, but if you can take the time out, say every quarter, to just assess and reassess everything you've done previously, and then set yourself up for the coming three months, you'll find that you won't go, you know, so so badly wrong. Do you know what I mean, you'll stay on track, and not only that, being a part of a group for at least eight weeks. It's like being accountable to someone.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I, think one thing I found since setting up this this business in this this part of my life mm-hmm. is that I found my, my female network is far more supportive than I ever had in the past. And it was, I find my female network are, are, are more collaborative. They're less competitive. They're they're more willing to share. They're more willing to be open. And there's a general sense that you want each other to succeed,
1: yeah, that's Whereas it
0: maybe in my previous life it was a bit more competitive and and dog eat dog it was yeah. now I'm a member of many female entrepreneurs' networks, and it's caring and sharing that's it time.
1: definitely, and I think also, and yeah, like I said, you know we like to share, you know like we can always go for coffee, always go for lunch, that's what we've always done. But you'll actually have a tight network to be able to share. And also, if you're not in the same, you know, you, can, you, actually, you could actually work even if you're in the same area, sector. Do you know what I mean? Working together. You've got a problem. Somebody's always there to help you because we like solving problems. As a, as a woman, that's what we do. Do you know what I mean? Because I remember raising my son, you know, we always solve problems. And also, one thing that a lot of people don't do, and I have always tried to encourage this, is get their children involved. Get their children involved in what they do, especially from a creative side, because they still have that creativity approach to life. They get excited. They love to do things in a different way. So why not listen to your children? When my son was 10... I actually taught him how to do my bookkeeping. A lot of people know that. I always talk about this story. Now he's, you know, 28, and you know, and he's quite mature. Finance is not a problem for him. He deals with finance like, you know, we've most probably gone by shoes. Do you know what I mean? But he's done the calculations. He feels confident with figures. But if you can imagine having children around there trying to design your logo, you know, and saying, oh, mom, that doesn't look white. Why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? Et cetera. Yeah. You know I mean, so I think not not only that children have got their own network, and you know when children got their network, the mothers become part of that network as well. A great ideal way to actually market your business.
0: Mm. I, I find I've got to be careful with my daughter sometimes. I mean, my daughter's what thirty one now, mm-hmm. and she works in early years nursery, sort of preschool. Okay, she's a deputy manager at a, at a preschool nursery in uh, in West Sussex, and uh, I've got to be careful because I keep trying to persuade her become entrepreneurial and uh, get out of cor- the corporate life and start our own early years training business or you know i can i can help you we can we can we can and I, i've got to be really really careful sometimes that i'm not overly entrepreneurial and pushing someone out of their comfort zone I, I want to be a kind of a, a magnet if they if they're interested but not a, a push or a pull
1: uh-huh. i think it's to allow her to have to say run her race Run, you know, I mean, do her career at her pace and you know what she wants to do, but at the same time, keep planting the seeds every now and again to say there's also an alternative because one day she may just get fed up and she says, you know, I need to do yeah. something different. But knowing that you're behind and you're watching, that you know, you can then make the suggestion, she may be ready then.
0: Her husband's an accountant, um, in practice, he works for a firm, so a, 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 a chartered accountant practice, so mm-hmm. so she's got kind of a, a good a good solid financial footing as well as a kind of a, a really? entrepreneurial footing
1: yeah she's got the great things
0: yeah <laughs> my, my wife worked for a, a company for a long time and it was one of those companies where it was, it was an engineering it was, even though it was a small it was a, they were part of Hitachi but they were a small subsidiary that's kind of independent yeah it just just the ownership was there and it was very it was engineering it was very very male-orientated. So the the people that had value were men. The women would tend to be the admin or the less important. And they got a box of chocolates at Christmas. The men went to the racing or went to see cricket or something. The typical kind of yeah. male-female divide, the value and the worth. Mm-hmm. And she found herself not – I don't want to be too cruel, but she's found herself being treated badly, lack of respect, lack of value, and just pushed – pushed down and i kept saying to her "Look, like, come and work with me come and work with me we don't need, we, we, we can figure this out we figure this out but she she wanted her independence that yeah. was her money that was her role mm-hmm. and again whilst she had a fear of getting of it going wrong but she also have, wanted that independent life where it was her job her yeah. role her and that, that was nothing i was very cautious of yeah again creating the gravitational pull without pushing and, and being overly kind of mm. yeah and it's I mean, a fine line isn't it between it yeah. is
1: very fine but you know there's occasionally you know you could pass something her way for her to do do you know what i mean that she could actually say well actually i could do this independently do yeah. you know what I mean? and perhaps i could be the administrator for a lot of small businesses do you know what i mean so it's yeah. kind of pulling her out of that environment but at the same time showing her that she has got the skills and the independence and the knowledge to do something for herself but at the same time still help you in your business do you know what i mean so yeah.
0: I mean, as it happened, again post COVID, her, her elderly parents, her mum needed more more caring, so mm-hmm. she tried to go part time, reduce her hours by one day a week. Yeah. The organisation said, "Write write a business case." It's like she said, "I don't want to write a business case. I just want you to listen to me, sit down, and have a conversation with me about what what's going on in my life, and help me." And they went, and then something happened, and then she. Effectively, did a a constructive dismissal walked out and said, "I can't take this out anymore." And a week later, she started working with me. So, in the end, she knew she had that power to say, "I don't need you anymore. I'm I'm out. You can't treat me like this. I I can go somewhere Mm -hmm. where someone will value me." So, yeah, it's so I I created an environment where she knew she had safety without pushing her into it, if you like.
1: Yeah, no, it's good, and it's, it's nice to know that people have got that how can I say that connection so they're not just got the one option and that they can think differently and they can do things do you know creative things going forward
0: I've got I've kind of asked you something I I noticed when you were you you sent some show notes ahead you said you were a a jazz dancer and you learned to express yourself through movement I'd love I'd love to explore that if you don't mind
1: Well, I started dancing from the age of four and mum told me this. And my, my cousin who was like my best friend, she's a year older than me. She went to to school. So I thought I was going to school by going to dancing school. So I I actually spent a lot of time dancing in the Midlands. I did ballet, jazz and tap. I won a lot of trophies and medals over the years. At the age of 17, I became a, a teacher. So I used to do little keep fit classes every now and again. And then by doing cabarets and shows, I found that, you know, I could express myself so much more through movement. It was at that time that I used to stammer quite a lot so it was very difficult for me to stand up and read or stand up and express myself openly but you put me on a stage even at school then you know play a record and that was it I'm gone you know Elsa's dancing and they used to know me as a dancer do you see what I mean because I used to work I as I said did cabaret shows did annual pantomimes with the with the stage school that I was going to as well Managed to travel through Europe as well doing that, but then I realised that <laughs> that is not going to take me, you know, very far, especially you know in, in those days. So I had to think again. So decided to use the creativity or the creative side of that to then become an arts officer, and that was what brought me to London. Yeah,
0: and from there you you worked in as as in this role, and then what? How did you become an entrepreneur? What, what got you out to you know, Working for somebody else?
1: Yeah, I was working as an arts officer for a local council and I had a very good manager who suggested that I went back to college. But they wanted me to do leisure because they wanted to keep me in, in the leisure industry. But I decided, I sat down, I thought, well, actually, what's, what's a couple of things that I could do or one thing that I could do? Should I get married and want to settle down and then have life after, you know, a, a child or children? And I thought, well, business, business runs throughout, you know, no matter what so I was fortunate that I went back to college studied got my qualification, and the same year I mean I finished my qualification in July in September I was headhunted to work for the Prince's Youth Business Trust it's now called the Prince's Trust but it was a Prince's Youth Business Trust the fact that I was headhunted that was even better that opened up my life in so many ways and from there I just you know it was like sleeves up and I just dived in and I can say that that was what really got me into this world of business and, you know, entrepreneurial style of living. Yeah.
0: Have you have you experienced a tougher journey as a woman and doubly as a black woman, or has that been a
1: superpower? <laughs> you know something, Joe? You know, in life, when you're when you suddenly wake up, when I say wake up, you're doing things, but you're doing it because... I have, a, I have a mother that is very ambitious and very supportive who never saw colour but always ensured that she ingrained in us to do better than we could ever do but keep striving for, you know, for, for, for I suppose it's um for perfection. So whenever I used to dance it was like Don't forget, you're a dancer. You're a good dancer. You go out there and you do your best. And, you know, you hear those words and you think, well, okay, I'll do them. And that's all I did for a number of years before I realised, actually, you know something? There are a lot of things against me. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? But I seem to be pushing hard. But I was pushing, thinking that, well, my mum's behind me. She's telling me I've got to do this and I'll do it. Until one day somebody tells you straight in your face that actually, you know, you're not wanted here. You know, we don't need you. And you think, well, hang on, I'm good at this. I'm good at that. Well, you know, what's the issue? And then you realise, you know something? Wow. I didn't think colour would be a major setback or could be a setback in life. But as I said, and when we spoke earlier, my mum is 92. She's 93 next year. And next week, no, not actually next year, next week. And every time I feel that I need to speak to somebody and I need to actually we push forward, it, I go to my mother. Now, she's a lady that came here in the 60s and trained as a psychiatric nurse. She only ever had one job. With seven children. She raised us all. Do you see what I mean? And I'll say to oh, you that, you yeah. know, we're all all ambitious. We've all got our, our, our lane that we work in and, and we've all got children and, you know, grandchildren, et cetera. But she's our rock. And I'll say that... Yeah, that's. Yeah. yeah, she never saw colour, even though it was there. Yeah.
0: Well, she raised seven children. She held down a job. She kept her family together. She was the matriarch of the of your of your siblings and you yeah, know your family. Yeah, I'm not, not surprised. Yeah, she she's one, one, one heck of a woman, isn't she? Yeah,
1: she is. Yeah, that's why we'll make sure we go and spend Christmas with her every year because. You know, not that we don't see her during the year, but it's just so important that we all have, you know, think back to where we were when we were younger and we have a laugh and a joke. You know, I mean, we're a very tight family, very supportive to one another. Not everybody has that, unfortunately. But unfortunately, that that's what's kept me straight. That's what's driven me. Even, you know, when I look at things like opportunities that I've had working with the small business council with government, advising secretaries of state, you know, in trade and industry about business, don't ask me how I got there. Do you what I mean? I cannot pinpoint and say to you, well, actually I knew this person, da da da. No, it didn't work like that. It was a whole application process. Do you know what I mean? It was tough yeah. to get in there. But when I got in there, it was like it opened my eyes to a lot of things, of which I use now to help people to move forward. Do you know what I mean? Because people it was either yeah. I government or the you know for the government whichever but I just saw how it worked I went in there to understand how it worked to give my advice where I felt that I needed to along with you know 22 other people and if it meant that we made a difference and that, that was great and I could see how making a difference actually trickled down to the everyday person so I thought well if I've done it on that level I can do it on this level and that's why I love it and I and I've got that passion for helping people all the time because I know that change is what some people just need. And it, in some cases, it's only a small change. It doesn't have to be nothing major. But it will definitely have an impact on on your life.
0: Yeah, change can be scary. It's also be very empowering, aren't it? And if you, if you let change hold you back, yeah. you, can, you can always be looking over the fence wishing, can't you?
1: Yeah, definitely. And I, I, I always said that I was born in the era of change nothing's stands still for long everything's changing you know when you when you experience what's happened in you know in a few years you know and i think when the Berlin Wall came down i was like oh my goodness that was just the beginning of things do you know what i mean nelson mandela being released you don't know I mean seeing the coronation from queen to king it's like we've living in an era where things have just constantly changed mm. and it's just but i think it's uh, so, sorry
0: yeah i, I was uh I I I won't ask you your age, but I was born in the mid sixties. So I, and my parents, my my father was in the navy. He did twenty two years in the navy, uh-huh. and then when he left the navy, he became a he went to teacher training college and became a a woodwork technical drawing teacher yeah. in, in secondary school. And my mum was a a house mum. She she stayed at home with with myself and uh, my two brothers for until we had left home in our. 20s so she probably she was in her late 40s before she went to teacher training college Mm -hmm. and became a primary school teacher and they lived in the same house so for me my parents were the sort of the rock of stability the rock of no change whereas and I I, I've probably like you I've 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 been like a pinball bouncing off the cushions doing lots of different things in my life yeah yeah making mistakes failing picking myself up mm-hmm. trying something else crashing and burning again <laughs> so I've got quite used to uh not knowing what I'm doing tomorrow or not worrying about it but it's... my parents are, are very much they want to see things mapped out And I think my brother's a bit more mapped out yeah. <laughs> he's, never, he's never never had that sort of randomness so it's 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 tough if you if you've come from that stable environment
1: to it is yeah but as I said um so I suppose our era, it is about change. So we, we, we adapt, we change, we listen, you know, mm-hmm. we move forward. But I've noticed that this generation coming up now, oh, my goodness, they've taken us to another level. Mm. <laughs> the microwave, I keep saying, it's so quick and so fast that, yeah, you can keep up. And then I, can, I speak to my son quite a lot, and he says, Mom, you're really techie. And I'm thinking, I'm oh, not compared to some people. But I do make sure that I keep, you know, abreast of what's happening on the technical side because if we lose that, do you know what I mean, you're kind of going backwards.
0: Yeah, because you got you got new kids on the block coming on all the time, Definitely. and I I feel the need to be pretty savvy technical technically. I mean, my background is IT, so it's it's it's, it's in me anyway to so keep it keep abreast. Yeah. But AI and learning about software tools and yeah, web design and graphic design all this. <laughs> I I kind of do everything in my business, or at least have an opinion on everything. I do outsource some stuff, but I I tend to, I like to dabble.
1: Yeah, no, I understand. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think it's I think it's good and exciting that we do. Also, it keeps our minds, you know, in tip top condition as well. Do you know what I mean? And we see life so differently. The fact that we can actually do business, actually communicate with people from all over the world at the same time. Do you know what I mean? I think it's fantastic. Yeah. As opposed to just staying in your lane,
0: so to speak but is not that also the challenge you know going back to the advice you give to your your coach coaches if that's mm. the word' is that it's not just about being a great technician or a great professional it's also the other stuff that is, yeah. people have to learn it's it's, it's, not, it's just sales and marketing that sometimes that can be the hardest thing to learn isn't it
1: It is, yeah, because, I mean, you're going to be doing things that you perhaps had colleagues doing for you. As you said, the sales is one thing, the marketing is another. It's being a financier, it's being a planner. But you know something, if you sit down with people, they have touched on certain elements of it. They may not have a lot of knowledge about it, but if you can say to them, you know, just talking to people or going going for a coffee with somebody and just telling them what you do or finding out what they need and you meet that need... I mean that's really all you need to do you just need to be yourself you don't have to be that hard salesperson I've never sold anything in my life and I don't like marketing okay I'm on LinkedIn and I'm you know got my little blogs going there and then but that's not me I mean I do that because I have to but I find that my engagement with people is more important and that's where I help solve the problem so it's finding a niche yeah
0: because okay. you know, people often use this term, you know, jack of all trades, master of none,
1: mm. but
0: that's only half the quote. I'm not sure if you're aware of it, but the second half of the quote is better than a master of one. So what it's really saying is, being a jack of all trades mm-hmm. is better than being a master of none. But it's sorry it's better than being a master of one. So being a one trick pony yes. isn't the solution. It's having a broad. In business, yeah, to run a business, you've got to have broad skills across definitely. a whole range of of acumen, haven't you?
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think it's not until you actually embark on running a business or go into that that area of business that you realise, you know, something you've got more than what you think you have. It's just that yeah. you perhaps you've done it years ago and you've put it to to bed, and you think oh, I'll work on something new. But then, as soon as you run that business, what you did in the past all of a sudden becomes relevant. I mean, so I always I'm always spending time digging into people's skills and knowledge and experiences and say, well, surely you've done something similar. You know, can we build on something that you've done in the past? And then when they get it, they go, oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Yes, of course, I buy my shopping on a weekly basis. I'm quite happy to sit down and make a shopping list. And I'm quite happy to say, well, I've got X amount of money for my shopping. And I'm thinking, well, that's basically what we're talking about with business as well. It's just that you just take your time, you stop, and you actually spend the time doing the numbers.
0: Yeah, without, without going back to the unprecedented times of COVID and things like that, we, mm-hmm. we're both professional speakers and we're both a member of the Professional Speaking Association. Yeah. And you know, we go back to the COVID times when March the 24th, whatever it was, March the 23rd, yeah, that Monday morning when Boris came on the telly and said, thou shalt stay at home. <laughs> Everyone except for me, of course. He he could do what he likes, but everybody has to stay at home. <laughs> uh, many of our professional speaking colleagues,
1: mm. their
0: living was earned by standing up in front of people, either as a trainer, a coach, consultant, or a, a keynote speaker on stage somewhere.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And our market disappeared overnight, didn't
1: it? Yes, it did. It did. I suppose in some cases I was fortunate because I've never been a full-time speaker. Did say, yeah. I, mean, I used to use Skype before I used Zoom. So I used to work from home occasionally with clients. But I think there's some people within our our network that was quite willing to grasp the change and take on technology and do things different. But unfortunately, there was some that wanted to keep things the way that they were and were waiting until everything, you know, was opened again and then they'll restart. But I was pleased that the first conference that we had during COVID, how many people did embrace the change. And they, you know, they have people, how many people came forward, or, and that would actually sharing their skills and knowledge. I thought that was fantastic because I actually joined the PSA. I think it was the August just before COVID, so it would have been um, twenty nineteen. So I literally just got in. So when it all happened, changed, I was like, oh my goodness, look at these people. They're giving everybody so much. I felt a lot. A lot of people gave a lot of themselves and they shared so much and that's when I saw the PSA come together and that's mm. what I liked about the PSA it's like you were helping each other without realizing you were helping each other do something you're making sure that everybody was looked after and and that I, I really you know I really commend the PSA for
0: yeah we, 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 we did come together as a community and there was a lot of people sort of leading the way on remote speaking techniques and, exactly. te- and technical solutions and I mean, I was part of some of those, those technical conversations. And I think one of the reasons I got involved with it was I wanted a purpose. Uh-huh. And being able to share back to the community gave me a purpose.
1: Yeah.
0: It gave me a reason to get up. It gave me a reason to have conversations mm-hmm. with people, whereas I could have sat there doom and gloom. But yeah, it gave me a purpose. It was very symbiotic. It was very, it, whilst it was altruistic, it also I got a lot out of, out of the help I gave.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And not only that, we got to know each other. Did that yes, And what yeah. was nice was that everybody from different parts of the country. You know what I mean, and yet we met up and we talked, and you know we continued. Mm. And that's, as I say, that I don't even know how. I, not that I, how I would have survived because I was fortunate. I actually got a contract in the March, just bef- literally days before the lockdown, and I was working with clients, as I say, through Skype before. I got to understand zoom so i was fortunate i had that income coming in all the time mm-hmm. but i think for me my highlight was the psa Do you know what I mean yeah Doing those virtual uh, meetings yeah
0: yeah it was yeah certainly for me i'm yeah you say you met people around the country i met people over the world okay i was helping people in hawaii mm. australia far east middle east mm. helping them set their zooms up and set their cameras up and you know doing this sort of stuff and it was i was having some amazing conversations with people Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. who are and i don't mean to be cruel to anybody they were technically out of their depth they just Mm -hmm. they were desperate for someone to help and i felt immense because because my it background yeah i fell into it as a kind of it was i guess i guess when the the crisis hits everyone falls back to their core skills don't they there you go and they and that's that's kind of what it was and i felt a fact that was my 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 contribution to the world was using my core skills mm-hmm. and experience to help others yeah. in the absence of any other income we might as well help each other
1: it was oh, well, a, this was kind of, a, well, a start i mean the income is either yeah. there or it starts coming in but then you can build on it you know what i mean but it's nice to know as you said you went back to your core skills yeah what well
0: i it? i got a lot out of it as well in sort of terms where if, you, if you're not used to presenting and delivering online, yeah, it's a skill you have to learn as well. But I suppose because I was talking to people online all the time, helping them, I was building up my own online skills. There you go, yeah. How to speak, how to get the lighting right, how to get your camera right.
1: Mm. So,
0: yeah, I think helping others helped me. It was kind of a... Yes, and I thought, it's I thought like yeah, very symbiotic. You,
1: yeah, as you said, once you've got that area that you're good at, you do use it to help others. And you're always happy. You're not always, you know, the person that's always thinking negative in any way. So, yeah, I always think of the, I know COVID was was a setback for a lot of people. But for me, it was definitely a positive time. Definitely was, yeah.
0: I was definitely one of the winners. I came out of it with a, a far stronger business than I went into it with. Oh, because yeah. I, I embraced the change that was occurring in the world. It was mm-hmm. uh, white place, white time, yeah.
1: Well, that's good. And it's also helped me to develop, as I say, my, my my two programs that I do at the moment. But now I have one online and one that we do face-to-face, which is, you know, I've always done things face-to-face. So, yeah, I got something that was quite positive out of it as well. So, yeah.
0: Are you seeing a a change in the people you're coaching in terms of the challenges they're facing? Or is it really just the same challenges... A different person, different year, sort of thing, or or, or there are there new challenges developing?
1: Um I, I'm seeing a lot of the same because um I've got managed to get a really good lucrative contract at the moment, of which i am working with groups of twenty women. I've just finished one 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 group of which was all about entrepreneurs you know, just taking their ideas from where they are and taking it to the next level, and that's worked really well. And now I'm on a second cohort of uh, 20 women, but these are focusing on non-profit organisations. So they want to set up the community interest company, and they want to set up, you know, a little chat, you know, community interest organisation, which is some, like a mini charity. So these are the non-profit individuals, and what's interesting is they've got this great ambition to actually create something. But they always I always feel as if they want they don't think they're worthy or they can actually do something. But now that they're beginning to see what they can create, it's just interesting how they're now thinking of growth and thinking of others, which in some businesses is all about yourself. And you know, surviving, but these ones that are doing non profit stroke charitable businesses, it's about embracing those that are less fortunate than themselves. How can they bring them on board to help them in what they're doing? So it's just interesting how the I suppose people are becoming more caring. I think maybe it's just because I'm working with these non profit organizations, whereas I don't normally see that in those that are looking and actually trying to build a small business, you know for shares and you know profit etc but uh, I'd say that everybody seems to still have the same issues and same problems
0: do you find that some of your clients are embarrassed to want to make a profit is there, is there a kind of a yeah. CIC route allows people to do it ethically therefore there's no guilt about making money is, it, is that, yeah. Is that a barrier
1: yeah it, I'd say so and also when you start talking about profit it's like oh my goodness, you, you're greedy. No, 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 I'm not greedy. That's what business is about. Do you see what I mean? It's like, we're not supposed to talk about profit and that's on both sides of the fence. But the reality is, why are you in business in the first place if it's not to make a profit? Okay, if you want to go the nonprofit organization, you know, I always try and encourage them to do both because one can help the other depending on what the ideas are. But don't not build a business and, ho- and run it like a hobby because that does not make any sense whatsoever. You end up having more problems because then you end up owing the tax man. You end up owing people. And that's not what business is about. You know what I mean, to do business ethically, you've got to think about making a profit to make sure that all your bills are paid, everything's done on time, legally and openly.
0: And from a sound governance perspective, if you're not generating a surplus and reserves, mm-hmm. Then you're not prepared for yeah. downturns, yeah. events, yeah. sickness, it, it, yeah, unable to work, whatever it may be. You, so you have to have a surplus of mm-hmm. revenue, which is for you to reinvest in yourself at a later date when you need it.
1: Definitely, definitely. And also, if you're you're running a business because you want to, you know, retire in a nice way. Not that you ever retire from your business. If you don't want to, yeah, you've got to think ahead. You've got to plan ahead. And it's all about making that extra money. As I said, it's not that you want to, you know, some people go around the world, some people buy fancy cars and everything else. But in reality, a business is all about growth. It's all about thinking ahead of time. So, hmm. you know I mean, you've got your short term, your medium, and your long term. And if you're not thinking long term, what are you doing?
0: Yeah. Yeah, if you're employed, you're happy to knock on your your manager's door and ask for a pay rise. That's kind of increasing profit, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah, there is that. But then how long is the company going to be around for? Yeah,
0: or you you work all the hours for your organisation that employs you, generating them profit without taking the revenue share yourself. And that's that's the other thing. You become slaves to the profit machine, don't you?
1: Yeah, (laughs) it's interesting. But yeah, I just like the fact when people say that, you know something, there's more to life than what I'm currently doing. And I actually want to stop and do something differently. Yeah. And then that's when I jump in. I go, right, okay, let's have a conversation. I get excited. And then when they start seeing what the possibilities are, their whole mindset begins to change, which is great.
0: Yeah, and just breaking it down into how much you need to live on. Yeah. So how, what do you need to achieve that? That's it, the personal work the your pricing out. strategy. You work out your units of measure and say, okay, if I do three of those a month. Mm-hmm. I can be quite happy
1: exactly.
0: <laughs> on that pricing structure. And you think, yeah. well, actually, that's quite easy, isn't it? Well, it's it easy. <laughs> the right it steps, is. isn't
1: it? Yeah, and also, um, as you're getting older, you don't have as many as much energy <laughs> running around. So you've got to think of, of living life in a different way. So to me, I always think this is the answer.
0: Yeah, I, I completely agree, and it's it's one thing I would say as as a as a solopreneur is being self-employed. You work when you want to, that's but it. the flip side of that is you also have to work when you don't want to. So well,
1: you, it's you, true. You but have, you have both
0: things. So yeah, you you are you're still are dependent on a client, someone paying the bill somewhere. So you end up, whilst you do have a, a very positive work life balance.
1: Yeah,
0: clients when really think I really could do without this, but the buck stops with me. I've got to go and do it.
1: Yeah, there is that, but then it's not, again, it's the planning. For example, okay, Christmas, we know we can take days off and we just add those extra days, and that's what we do, take yeah. those extra days off, knowing that we need to refocus and plan and everything for the coming year, but we don't have to ask for a mission.
0: No. In fact, I, many many of the people I know self-employed, but, but to say, well, I'm not going to work after the 15th of December until the 7th of January, it's like, I don't work, sorry, bye. I'll see but you later go yeah. away i work on a 10 month year i don't i don't really work august i don't really work for half of december and i don't really work for half of january there you go, yeah. not because i not because i necessarily don't want to but most of my clients don't work well is a it's a pointless exercise for me so I I, I I take the opportunity to take this one month and two half months off knowing full well so there's going to be no revenue well yeah right i'm yeah. in it so yeah don't, then, don't oh, there's no income this month I go, okay, I wasn't planning on any income this month, so it's fine,
1: okay, that's interesting' because what I tend to do is double up on the clients beforehand, knowing that it's you know that I'm gonna have a break so that the in- income is still the same. It's just that I perhaps worked a bit harder just before the break. you right. mean? so I know that yeah, at the end of the month, yeah, the invoices are going to come in, yeah. But I still have a nice little rest in, in, in,
0: you know, in between. So I suppose I'm just making sure I'm generating surplus every month mm-hmm. throughout the year. Yeah,
1: yeah,
0: and and knowing that I've got a a pipeline
1: mm-hmm.
0: that's active and 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 going to drop it early in the new year, so I, I I know that I can take my foot off the pedal, knowing that I can pick it up
1: a bit later gonna,
0: on. Things are going to drop. Yeah.
1: But then there's an experienced business person <laughs> do you know what i mean which is nice and it's great to hear but it's when people don't do things like that does that you know I mean they spend as they go along thinking that you know tomorrow's definitely going to be you know at the same level which is not always the case
0: yeah i i'm not saying it was it's an easy journey i'm not i'm just saying that i've got my uh, my, my my act together completely a lot of it came from experience so i suddenly mm. looked at one. yeah okay I've panicked. I've worried. I've, I've I've pulled things together. That was tight. And then going, okay, next year I'm going to plan for this being the situation because now I know the reality. And then mm. so it's, it's learning the lessons quickly, isn't it? Failing fast, yeah, quickly.
1: Definitely. But as you said, it's all in the planning.
0: Yeah, yeah, and, and pricing yourself right in the first place so that you are making surplus and you are yeah. the reserves yeah. at a healthy level so that you you know you can ride those months out. That Just is so
1: to yeah so cash flow is is key i always I always encourage yeah. people to do cash flows yeah so but i i tend to do them on a personal and a business level because i like to see which you know on what angle everything's coming in and going out so maybe i go over the top but it works <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: yeah I, I agree with you completely around the personal side as well because if you've got personal cash flow issues that will inevitably impact your business cash flow as well because you end up having to draw too much or yeah. you you haven't got stability in the personal level. So you, you can't go into starting a new business if you've got personal cash flow issues.
1: No, exactly, yeah. And, that, and it's to make people realise that uh, when's the best time to actually start the business? Do you know what I mean in relation to how many clients you've got? Does that mean? Because if you can't start it properly, why are you starting it at all?
0: Yeah, and and today you know you look at a lot of you mentioned younger people earlier gig working Mm. you've got many many young people have got multiple gigs going on you know youtube channels monetizing this yeah cottage industry from home so there's an opportunity to do parallel tasks these days isn't it yeah yeah the
1: opportunities are out there i think people have just got to just grasp them and keep focusing
0: yeah it's been fascinating talking to you also absolutely fantastic It's, it's great listening to your experience as a as an entrepreneur yourself, and also working with other entrepreneurs and and getting them out the starting gate and setting them on the right path. So really fascinating. How do people get hold of you?
1: Well, um, John, I've got my LinkedIn, which is my name, Elsa Caleb. So you can always find me on LinkedIn. You can also, my email is my name, Elsa at elsacaleb.com. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm out there in, you know, Instagram, not very highly, but put my name in, my website, elsacaleb.co.uk. Yeah, usually the best channels to get me on. Mm-hmm.
0: And just for anyone listening, Elsa is E L S A, as in Frozen, I presume. And uh, Caleb C A L E B.
1: Yeah, no, I had it first. You had it first, <laughs> so I Elsa. Yeah, I had the name first. So yeah, yeah. But um, you are. It's been it's been a pleasure just to be able to talk about what I do because I don't always find the opportunity to do that. But it's just knowing that people at the end of the day. Can actually put food on the table, so that's what I'm about. I like to ensure that they have food on the table and they can actually be happy in what they do. Yeah,
0: and believe because a lot of it is is lack of belief, isn't it? I think it people is. start to believe they can.
1: Mm. Yeah. Thank you.
0: Brilliant. Okay. And, and thank you to you, the listeners, for or uh, well, you, the listener, for getting this far. I really appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in. If you want to keep. Updated on future episodes, please do subscribe if you're not already. to just search for Inclusion Bytes Podcast, B-I-T-E-S, either on Google, Spotify, iTunes, or the usual platforms. Please tell your friends, please tell your colleagues. I've got a number of other exciting guests lined up, and this is episode ninety-seven. It's not long to episode one hundred, It will be out in the next couple of weeks. And if you also if you'd like to be a guest, let me know. And any suggestions, please email me to Joe.rockwood at C And finally, my name is Joanne Lockwood. This has been an absolute pleasure to host this podcast for you today. Catch you next time. Bye.